0: College days, I was known as Dozer, the drinker. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I had a fairly good fraternity lifestyle going on. Uh, I did my good part of drinking, and you know, I'd occasionally wake up in the the odd sand trap or, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. But hey, whatever happens, happens. And when you uh, handled the beast like I did, uh, you you certainly had a wild time. (sighs) That was before I woke up one morning in a cage. Down at the police station. At first I thought, you know, I had a typical Saturday night, but no, in fact I was told that I'd been found in the zoo eating goats. Because I was a wolf. Um I am now a registered werewolf. It's it's been hard. My my lifestyle has definitely changed. Being a registered werewolf, I had to go around the community and inform everybody that I was a werewolf and to watch out for me on full moons and alert the police if I was walking around. Uh, so, I live in my parents' basement now. I am 32 years old, and every full moon I have to go down to the precinct and live in a cage for three days with all the other werewolves, and they are the most boring group. They'll tell you about your glory days, and to be honest, I don't remember my werewolf experiences, and these guys, I, they got to be making it up. They're talking about how they had feral sex with other wolves, and you know, oh god, how wild it was under the full moon, but god... <laughs> I ate a goat, <laughs> and I got caught. So
1: everybody remembers their first time. Their mine. first time? Well, you know, the first time that they turned into a werewolf and experienced it. I was a few weeks into high school, and I just met this girl. We planned on going to a date, and my older brothers were coaching me through, you know, like all the, the moves, like when to when to put my arm around her and, like, you know, where to sit at dinner, what to talk about, all this stuff. So I felt really Really good, really excited, so I I walked down the street to this Mexican restaurant with the the mariachi band, and she was already there, and so we started talking. I was telling her about this band I was playing in at the time, and she was kind of looking at me with her head cocked and wasn't really responding to anything I was saying.
2: It's probably because your game was too strong.
1: No, I mean, it was pretty awkward, I think... I think I was slobbering on the nachos uncontrollably and, you know, starting to grow fangs and sprouting hair. And
2: Man, no wonder you're still not with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, we didn't really get along. After- we didn't have much in common anyway, so we wouldn't so- have gone far.
2: So I presume there wasn't a second date? Well,
1: we talked a little bit, but nah, not really. I mean, she saw a little bit more and. While I don't remember all the details she she filled me in that allegedly that i I started attacking the mariachi band and eating well, the next day i uh, I could punch myself in the stomach and and play La cucaracha, <laughs> but the novelty wore off and uh, you know eventually, I digested the trumpets.
3: Hi, I am the monster's bride now, of course, I prefer to be called Sheila, but nobody in the castle laboratory has picked that up yeah. I am, of course, a reanimated corpse. I was created by the famed, if you will, Dr. Himmelhausen, and he is very proud of having created me, but this has been the most aggravating and upsetting experience of my entire existence, which hasn't been too long, relatively. After blocking out everything I could possibly block out, I come to learn Dr. Himmelhausen not only caught the whole thing on VHS but insists on replaying it like on a weekly basis on every single monitor in the entire castle premises. So opening my eyes, now imagine this with me, you're opening your eyes and you see a hunchback leaning over you holding a balloon in one hand and like a cake in the other hand and constant screaming from the hunchback who's like drooling on you with like horrendous halitosis and Dr. Himmelhausen from the other side yelling at you to blow out the candles, blow out the candles. And all I could think was, what am I doing here? Who are you people? How did this happen? I was screaming. I was screaming and I was, I was freaking out. And in order to, I, I could, I could hear this. In order to calm me down, Himmelhausen decides that he's going to, um, give me my present and, um, I did for a moment relax a little bit thinking, okay, well, this, this must involve releasing me. I mean, you can't open your presents if you don't have hands, right? So he must like let me go. And then he lets in the most hideous, ugly, just gross creature I have ever seen in my entire life. And he tells me that this is going to be my husband. I was screaming! That's all you heard on the video? I was screaming and screaming and the monster starts throwing things around because he's so excited that he sees me and and I guess he's pleased with his present. And that's when the battery on the video camera died.
1: Most people's popular conception of werewolves and and teen werewolves revolves around Teen Wolf, the movie with Michael J. Fox. Where he leads the team to the championships and whatnot. But I mean, really, like, becoming a werewolf once a month doesn't inspire some primal urge to set picks and get rebounds and box out. and No, not at all. I mean, it makes you want to bound around the stands and maul the refs and just attack cheerleaders and throw tables in the air. That's carnage. Working out plays and and team building isn't carnage. Um, remember, remember the, the classic game where Miami played Georgetown and there was that guy who was a lot oh, older man.
2: than us. 95?
1: Yeah. And he, he turned into a werewolf like in the second half. And oh, we-
2: man. I thought it was special effects.
1: Yeah, it was insane. It was like, he was just tearing through the stands doing like awesome dunks and the constant howling. And then, <laughs> and then he went after the ibis, his man. own mascot.
2: <laughs> and oh, man, I just remember, you know, faux feathers just Exploding into the air as if it was confetti and
1: confetti with screams and blood with the (laughs) guy underneath. (laughs) That's the best
2: kind of confetti, really. And uh, the referee called a technical foul, and
1: the coach was just beside himself. He was livid. I mean, he was just screaming at the ref, saying, "How can you call a technical foul? I mean, the player, the the mascot, it's his own mascot. They they go to practice together. They're on the same team. I mean, they're
2: friends." And the referee, you know, very sternly. And succinctly said, a mascot's a mascot.
0: You can't eat mascots. You know, I was going to have a wife, a couple kids, a dog, work for some insurance company, get myself a boat, go water skiing on the weekends. I mean, after the police picked me up, with my uh foray in the petting zoo, um I got kicked out of the university, and I tried to appeal to my fraternity. It's like, hey, come on. I'm the dozer, man. I haven't changed. I'm the same guy. And they saw on the, the news that I'd eaten quite a few animals at the petting zoo, and they, they defined that as a party foul. Stealing a, a cow now and it, it taking it up three flights of stairs and pushing off the balcony. That's funny. But eating a bunch of petting zoo animals, that crosses the line. So, you know, I've completely had to change my worldview, just my outlook on life. I'm, I, <laughs> I mean, living in my parents' basement has completely changed me.
3: So for the first few months of my existence, I was trying my hardest to become the ex-monster's bride. That, believe it or not, is way easier said than done. In fact, here's a little backstory. The monster has mood issues. Case in point, if he puts some food in the microwave and he, you know, is trying to warm things up and he can't figure out which button to press, instead of reading the manual or, or asking someone for help, he'll take the microwave, food inside and everything and just throw it across the kitchen, smashing it against the wall and just making an absolute mess. Uh, Another example, if he's in the bathroom and for some reason the toilet isn't flushing, you know, he'll rip it out of the ground, throw it out the window, water will spew everywhere, not to mention that this isn't clean water. I guess Dr. Himmelhausen got fed up with this monster's unagreeable temperament and um, came up with this fabulous solution of creating a female counterpart to balance that negative energy. He told me he was hoping that I would provide the monster with some sort of comfort, you know, that, that feminine influence. And I said, hold it right there, doctor. I am a woman of the 21st century. I am independent. I exist for myself and my needs, and surely not for any man's needs. Worse, a man who is green with bolts coming out of his neck. And I refused. I told him, I refuse to become that man's wife. To which, of course, he replies, well, too bad. The wedding's already planned. And I, I mean, I said, well, you know, cancel it. Tell the guests you have ample time. Tell the guests don't come. It's really simple. I mean, people do this all the time, right? And Dr. Himmelhausen kept giving me the lamest excuses in the book, the lamest of all being that he didn't want to upset the hunchback. The hunchback who was so excited about being the best man that he kept planning all this stuff and practicing his walk down the aisle, etc, etc, etc. I wasn't having it. In fact, I would have been long gone if it weren't for that moat. And it's not that I doubt my swimming skills because I think I could have been an excellent swimmer. But I'm not really sure about this assembly that Dr. Himmelhausen did. And I'll be damned if I get caught trying to swim across a moat and my arm falls off.
1: Look at all the times I've said to myself Who's that girl and would she be? Think of all the time that I've gone through it It's a boring inconsistency So high school is a tough enough time, as it is, being thrown into this powder keg of emotions and craziness and hormones, but being a werewolf, it, it just it magnifies it even more, and especially having the first couple weeks of my high school experience colored by this crazy date that involved eating mariachi players, it it, it did not bode well. I was constantly getting howled at in the halls, getting thrown slabs of meat. The jocks were just horrendous. And the worst part was that it was going to come every month and there was nothing I could do about it. I'd just be in class and suddenly, you know, there'd be a pool of slobber at my feet and everyone would just be staring at me howling and I'd have to run and leave school. It, it was really terrible. It's like the period from hell.
2: I remember the first time I noticed some type of transformation in myself, I woke up and And saw blood and white fur all over the house, all over myself, tucked in my ear orifices of my mouth. And I screamed repeatedly, where's Fluffy? Where is my rabbit Fluffy? I want Fluffy. And my dad said, you know, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry, we still love you. And all I wanted to know is, where is Fluffy, okay? I don't care if you support me, if you love me, I want to know where my damn rabbit is. So my dad said, oh... I think Fluffy got out, but I'll put up signs all around the neighborhood asking if anyone's seen Fluffy. And then subsequently built a titanium cage in the rec room where I would spend every
3: full moon, you know, until I was 18 years old. So Dr. Himmelhausen, he says I'm failing because I haven't been performing my marital duties. Now, really what happened is he had the kitchen redone. And um, he got new tile and uh, granite countertops and all new appliances and... Of course that f***s him off when the monster comes in and starts throwing things around and breaking things and making a mess. So he instructs me to be sure that I cook him food. Because if I'm cooking, of course he won't be in the kitchen. He also tells me that there wouldn't be this huge mess in the bathroom. By mess, he means the toilet that the monster ripped up. If I wasn't cleaning up the bathroom enough, which makes no sense to me. But in any case, he wants me to clean the bathroom. He wants me to clean up after this monster. And I say to him, I am a woman of the 21st century, as if you needed reminding. And I refuse to clean up after any man. But in addition to that, he expects me to be intimate. Intimate. With a monster. Now, he doesn't say it to me directly because is Dr. Himmelhausen. No, what he does, he will go through the entire bookshelf in my bedroom and replace every single edition of Jane Austen novels with versions of the Kama Sutra in every language, knowing that I can read them all. He will go through my entire wardrobe and replace everything in my drawers with Victoria's Secret lingerie. He'll fill... Christmas stockings and Easter baskets with birth control and sex toys. So, of course, I refuse. I refuse to wear lingerie around this monster to drop any suggestions or hints. And instead, I had to make my own clothing. I had to make saris out of the curtains. Then, of course, the monster. He gets completely wild after just seeing a little bit of legs. So, I had to come up with another method of completely distracting him. And I realized he's attracted to shiny things. So, I went through the house. And polished everything. Anything that I could find that had a remote gloss to it, I shined that crap. The brightest shine ever. You'd be surprised at how long a refrigerator can keep a monster busy. He was humping that thing for hours.
1: Luckily, I was never caged at night. I would usually just go out into the Everglades or, you know... Places where it wouldn't be too dangerous, but man, was it tempting to go find the jocks, you know, on the, on the night that their team banquet happened to coincide with the full moon and just tear them apart and like just rip through the crepe paper and the plastic helmets and everything and just go for them. All the offensive line just sitting in a row waiting to be mauled. But, uh, those things tend to get you locked up and I, I, I knew that. So I, I tried to stay away.
2: I bet the jocks uh, would run a lot faster than the girls who attended my high school prom.
1: Your prom?
2: Yeah, uh, my prom marks the date that I didn't return home because I discovered that, okay, prom is going to be on a full moon night. What am I going to do? Well, I decided that I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to descend down the dark stairs of my basement in order to be locked up into a cage. This is my night to shine. I'm ready. Uh, so I went and I turned into a werewolf in front of everyone and pretty much had a field day, ripping apart perfect dresses and ruining perfect hairstyles. You know, eight people's dates. It was Must a-
1: have been pretty satisfying.
2: Yeah, no, it was a really cathartic event and I just knew from that night on that I cannot live the way that i have been locked in a cage just urging for something more
0: like like more tiaras
2: like more tiaras
0: Mm. my father's always on my ass about you know helping with the siding uh he's under this impression that i'm reliving my glory days down in the basement uh drinking all of his beer and you know my mother uh bless her soul she's fervently trying to defend my cause, you know, I am undergoing a, a difficult condition here, but my father, you know, he'd, he'd rather me be tarring the roof than, uh, pounding beers in the basement. So they kicked me out, uh, job searching a, a couple months ago. And believe you me, this is an ordeal. <laughs> I have to check the box that says that I, I have a, uh, misdemeanor on my record and, you know, I'll get into it and the nice lady, the human resources lady will, uh, asked me he's like well what'd you do it's like well i got in trouble for breaking and entering and defiling a uh, private property he's like oh well wh- well uh what did you defile it's like well I ate a couple goats and possibly a pot billy pig. And the looks on these women's faces would—it it could be funny, but to be honest, it's just gotten downright depressing. They, they knock over their coffees like, wait, what, what? I actually went into an interview uh, a couple days ago uh, at Red Lobster, and we actually breezed right through that part. The guy actually asked me, well, have you devoured any seafood in your werewolf tendencies? And I answered in the negative, and he said, well, great, so we'll be missing you— Three days out of the month, and I answered yes, yes, that'd be about right, and uh, I'm still waiting back to hear. fingers crossed.
3: Dr. Himmelhausen decided that the monster and I needed to seek couples counseling, so he schedules this appointment with his counselor, and the counselor comes and deduces that we have a communication problem. Of course we have a communication problem. He speaks in grunts. To which the counselor says that I have just made a value judgement and where I hear a grunt, the monster is just merely expressing himself. I I didn't even bother explain to the counselor that this monster's brain is a hamburger of the minds of executed criminals. There is no talking to him, there is no communicating with him outside of breaking things and smashing like innocent babies to pieces. In any case the counselor decides that what we need to do is find things to do in the evenings together so we started a, a board game night which uh, didn't quite work out and then there was that time at, at dinner i think i said something like pass the salt and his response was to rip the tablecloth off the table break the table in half and, and start eating the utensils so throughout all of this dr himmelhausen keeps reminding me of the wedding Everything about the wedding. Remember you have to get the dress fitted and pick out the dresses for the bridesmaids. We were also looking at a gift registry. I have looked at every single page on the Target website and Bed Bath and Beyond and nowhere, nowhere do any of them offer Escape from the Castle Laboratory as a possible gift to put on this list. So I just went with the matching hand towels. <laughs> Despite this whole mess, we had the wedding anyway. We had it in the castle dungeon. And I will admit, they fixed the place up really nicely with crepe paper. The hunchback was the best man. The bridesmaids, of course, were the model skeletons, as I had predicted. And the only guests were the members of the band that was hired to play, which turned out to be a Nirvana tribute band. So I walked down the aisle to the lyrics of Lithium. Dr. H officiated, and I said no to every question possible. The monster responded with grunts, but Dr. H pronounced us monster and bride anyway. Afterwards, I got smashed at the open bar as the band played Nirvana songs until the monster destroyed all their instruments. At that time, I was informed that the honeymoon would take place in a secret room that was behind the false bookcase, which was now filled with Kama Sutra tutorials. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I have to look forward to.
0: God, college was great. I was getting some amazing tail. Dozer was doing well. I don't know what techniques I used, but I woke up next to some amazing looking girls. God. And now, uh werewolf dating life is just severely handicapped i i tried to bring a, a girl back to my parents house but my father started berating the g- poor girl telling her that she was gonna be infected by my werewolf juice and then my mother started clucking about you know lord knows what and it's just a uh, Ah, uh, familial, uh, headache of werewolf proportions. And before you know it, like, I, I'm sitting in my parents' basement. I haven't seen girls for, you know, six years. And anytime I try to get around, I mean, it's just, you, you end up dating these girls that actually want to date werewolves, which is just freaky. I had one that she dressed up like Little Red Riding Hood. And that, that got weird. I mean, she came in with her red cape and said, Ah, oh, Mr. Werewolf. What big ears you have. And then I'd have to say, all the better to hear you with. And then, you know, she'd... What a big nose you have. All the better to smell you with. (laughs) What a big mouth you have. All the better... I'm not going to fill in the blanks here, but follow the logical progression. And at that point, even the dozer draws the line.
3: So I'm officially married to a monster. (laughs) And to be honest, nothing has changed. Nothing. He still breaks everything in his path. And... Dr. H has decided to blame me for everything. He says I'm not even trying. And I say, you know, it doesn't matter what I try. He will still break everything. He only speaks in grunts. And he keeps humping the refrigerator. Now, Himmelhausen insists that no matter how hard I think it is on me, he has it way harder. According to him, he can never get published in a peer-reviewed journal because academics sneer at mad science. Body parts are even more expensive than they've ever been, even buying them on eBay. And people constantly gather outside the moat with pitchforks and they chant and yell. And because of that, he can't get to sleep. Yeah, but he's not married to a monster. In any case, I told him, you know, look, I need to go. This is ridiculous and I am not putting up with it anymore. And he says to me, I can't go because out there I am nothing but a monster to everyone else. And here I'm family. And I said, you know what? I'm not even family because you guys don't even call me by my first name. I'm Sheila, but you still keep calling me monster bride or the monster's bride or bride of the monster. And he said, you know, I'll I'll call you Sheila if that makes you happy. And I said, you know, I I know it's not going to happen. You know, if you really care about me, you'd let me go. He refused. He said he wouldn't. He stormed off. But the next day when I got up, the drawbridge was down. So I packed my bags. I put on my best curtain. And I left. Everything about the real world is great. It was almost everything I had imagined. The the fresh air, uh, being able to go anywhere and not have a monster grunting or breathing down your back or sweating on you. There was a lot less lightning. I, I didn't really understand the absence of inclement weather, but it was great. I enjoyed it thoroughly and of course because I value education I decided to go to college. And um some would question how I got into college without even having taken SATs or completing high school, but you'd be surprised how far that quality well-written essay can get you. In fact, I um made sure I emphasized things like overcoming adversity after being married to a monster and being held in captivity and being a product of reanimation. And of course, you know, every college looks for diversity in their student body. And in my body, I have one arm from Morocco, a nose from Mexico, and seven toes are from the Caribbean somewhere.
1: So being a werewolf post high school in Miami just really isn't it's all that exciting. I mean...
2: I wouldn't exactly call Miami the magic city. South
1: Florida is not the place for a werewolf. Yes, there are the Everglades and... Occasionally an alligator or a stingray is, is kind of fun to chase, but they don't taste that great. And plus you have to go all the way out there. I mean, there's so much development down here. I mean, it'd be so much nicer if, if there were deer or bear or even fluffy rabbits to just chase. and, and
2: Are you trying to make a comment?
1: Oh, no, just a comment about how nice it would be to just go on this thrilling chase with another animal and just sink your teeth into the meat after, you know, a long, a long... Pursuit pursuit exactly
2: yeah i mean the pursuits on south beach aren't what i call exhilarating
1: you know down on the beach that the traffic's bad so it's just kind of like a buffet of cars and i mean the convertibles just don't even stand a chance that's just the freebies
2: you could go after the five foot nine blonde tottering on four inch heels but it's not much of a Chase, and when you sink uh, your teeth into her, all you taste is silicone <laughs> and nasty bones, and that's pretty lean really... meat.
1: The models the, are lean, you know, it's just there's not much there.
3: It's not something that I, you know, look forward to. I'd rather go to Pollo Tropical. So, um, I get into college, and of course, to get the best experience possible, I lived on campus, I got into housing, and uh, my roommate is in a sorority. And she's a, she's, she's a nice girl. She means well. I mean, I know she means well. She constantly suggests her plastic surgeon who can get rid of the stitch marks on my face. And, um, she'll leave her makeup in my room with a little note saying, you know, this would be great for your deathly pale skin. Um, I, ac- actually, she's, um, she has a lot of cute guy friends and I know she doesn't tell them good things about me because, um, none of them ever pay attention to me. Okay, actually nobody really pays attention to me. And I figured that since I didn't have any friends, a great way to meet people and to be more social would be to join groups. You know, I figured maybe the Asian Student Association would be a great group to join because all of my organs were, you know, purchased from the Chinese black market. So, you know, I mean, that's a large part of me that's Asian. You know, I'm Asian to my core, if you will. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really think that was grounds for um, I guess admission to their group. So I tried the Hispanic Student Association because my left arm is actually from Bolivia, but um, yeah, there was there was no enthusiasm there either. So I decided to start my own group. It's it's called the Association for Reanimated Corpses, and uh, right now I'm the only member. But if anyone out there is interested, we uh, we meet in the Eye Lounge, Room Two Hundred Five, every other Friday.
0: Oh, my mom. You know, she's a bit worried about me. As a waiter at Red Lobster, you really don't make that much money, to be honest. And I just come home after going to the liquor store and spend most of the money that I make on booze. So she's tried to drag me to church, but to be honest, every time I go, the priest reaches under his garment and pulls out a a homily that's specified just for me and talks about the sins of our society coming up and such diseases. And, you know, the entire time he's looking right at me, it's like, thanks, you know, I'm trying to live with this and you're really not helping me. Uh, My mom makes me go to these support groups and God, are they a drag. I mean, you have to listen about uh, Sheila and she devoured a, a circus elephant's leg and, you know, nothing leaves the room so everybody will politely clap. And yeah, you're so brave. You're so brave. And, you know, this one guy was telling us that he devoured a A family of four in Akron, Ohio, and no one ever found out. It's like, oh, you're so brave, thank you, oh. And it's just like, come on, guys. I mean, most of these people are just, you know, boosting their werewolf egos because, to be honest, they all, you know, ate some cow outside the city and now they're living in the precinct with me, so good grief. Get off your high horse.
3: I'm a drama major because I love theater. There's something about becoming someone else that brings new meaning to reanimation for me. It took a while to get used to, um, the cattiness of the other theater students, especially the, the makeup students who constantly complain about my stitch marks. You know, the, the other students will tease me about, like, my, my movement because I tend to lumber, which could be expected. I mean, I, of course I have poor coordination. My, limbs are all from different places, you know, and I really am asymmetrical, so <laughs> every review that has been written focuses less on my acting ability, you know, I mean, I was in plays like Death of a Salesman, Cat in a Hot Tin Ruth, Streetcar Named Desire, and every single time the paper says old people fainted, children were screaming, and they even started um, making warning announcements before each show. Just to let people know what to expect. It's <sighs> kind of embarrassing. Um, but not as embarrassing as <sighs> there was this guy in the theater department. He he was really my my only friend. You know he was he was the one who used to hang out with me all the time. You know we'd go before our shows and rehearse together, run lines and things. In any case, uh, right before the last show, I finally got the nerve to. You know, ask him out. I, I knew he didn't have a girlfriend. You know, he's, he's never been with anyone else but me, really. And I thought it was appropriate to ask if, you know, he'd like to take it to that other level, I guess. And he told me no. And I, I asked, well, why not? And he said, well, because you're a monster. And truly, that was the worst feeling. But I had to, um, I had to go because I had to get into makeup and spend the next three hours in a chair in the dressing room, staring at my hideous monster face.
2: broads on South Beach gets old after a while, so I decided to try out the gallery walks in the Wynwood Art District.
1: They're flooded with people, free wine, free cheese, beer. It's uh, I was going pretty much for the same reasons that everyone else was going. I was also just enjoying the people.
2: There's nothing like fooling an intellectual into believing that you're part of the installation and then sneaking behind them and chewing off their fibula.
1: Mmm, art dealers.
2: Well... I saw you from across the room, and it sounds like a cliche, but our eyes locked, and there was just this force that came over me that was just reminiscent of that that night at prom that I just wanted to pounce on you, but instead of eating you, I wanted to run with you (laughs) and eat others, and I still feel that way about you.
1: We bounded around the art district, bounded around Little Haiti, and just, you know, rumbled and tumbled and the the whole bit, and then the next morning... Woke up in in some warehouse and you know had pieces of wire sculpture wrapped around in plaster of Paris and you were wearing some sort of
2: frame around my frame waist.
1: bikini yeah. thing. It was it was really nice to finally wake up next to somebody who had experienced everything the way I had and was excited about the same things that I was.
2: I rolled over and looked at you and I just knew that you know we should move this private party to a, some type of breakfast establishment. And I think that almost every day since then we've had breakfast together.
0: In one way or another. I was down at a party the other night uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I ran into a girl who I'm getting along great with. Her Her name's Jenny. She's, she's very nice. And uh, I brought her home. I, I took her home, which is, you know, a big step for me. It means a lot because uh, if she can undergo the tirade that my parents throw at her, then, you know, inevitably she's going to do fine. And you know, my father instantly berated her. Watch out for his werewolf juice. And she's like, yes, yes, he's told me. And my mother starts saying, Steven, be nice. It's a new girl. He has a girlfriend. She's like, he ate a goat once. And it's like, well, God, dad, will you please shut up? And my mother's in the background trying to stain my father. And my father's an, allegedly a pot pig. And, you know, Jenny the whole time very serene, very cool, very calm and just took her down to the basement and uh you know we we had a couple beers and a really nice time and it eventually came out uh she confided in me that she's actually an uncaged werewolf and this is this is great. I finally found a girl who can understand me and you know know what I'm going through but I I see a difference in her. It's just that you know when I go to the precinct, I I come out 3 days later and I'm depressed and I'm downtrodden but she she has a a new bounce in her step she's ready for life and you know maybe it's just that i need to embrace who i really am and what i can become and i think that she's the one that can really help me find my way and for the first time really appreciate that full moon
1: society makes us out to be these terrifying monsters but waking up next to you know, somebody like you is is a lot more humanizing. You know, it's sitting there in the sand trap of a tourist resort, covered in in tropical print clothing and blood, or in the chicken farm of the santeria, it's it's nice. It it says that there are other people like me, and it it might not be so abnormal.
2: For the most part, we're just like you, except for that one night mm, when you might not want to take your kids to the Olive Garden. Chuck E. Cheese or Nathan's, perhaps you should stay home and turn off the lights, lock your doors, put up titanium bars on the windows, and, you know, pop in a good Michael J. Fox movie, Teen Wolf, Back to the Future, and have some popcorn.
1: So I Married an Axe Murderer is a good one.
2: Michael J. Fox isn't in So I Married an Axe Murderer. It's Matthew Broderick. I Trust me, I know. That's like... (laughs) Well, uh, well, he's not in So I Married Next Ex-Murderer, and he's not in Teen Wolf too. so maybe you should stay away from those two films.
3: Now, throughout all of this, Dr. Himmelhausen had been constantly, constantly calling me, and I never answered his calls. I mean, he would call, leave voice messages, he would call, sometimes get me, and I'd tell him, look, I don't want to talk. Finally, you know, after this whole incident with the guy, he called, and and I had reached my breaking point, and I just let it all out. I just told him everything about how I had been feeling, how nobody likes me, even even wild animals screech at my mere presence. And he said that he wanted me to come back. He said he got better at reanimation, and he could make me a husband that I would appreciate, someone who would love and cherish me for me. And I said, you know, look, You've already created two monsters in this world. It does not make any sense for you to bring another one and to create another scenario to upset more people. You know, why, why would anybody do that? And he said, he said, look, you're not a monster. Those people who say these mean things about you, those are the monsters. He said, you're smart. You're, you're beautiful and you're talented. And I was like, talented, you know, I don't, I don't understand why he would choose that word of all words. And, um, Turns out he he had seen all of my plays, despite the picketers with the pitchforks outside the castle beyond the moat. He left the castle in a disguise, snuck in to every single one of my performances, and um, <laughs> I was speechless to think that someone cared so much to come out and see me every time, you know. And I asked him, you know, instead of being a monster's bride, is there any way I could come back and just. Just be your daughter. And uh he got kind of choked up and, you know, he said, yeah, yes, of course. And then he passed the phone to the monster. And this was the first time I kind of understood what he was saying. Throughout all his grunts, I made out what kind of sounded like, are you coming home for Thanksgiving? And I told him yes. Yes, I'm coming home.